Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show here on this Wednesday, WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Shorter show today off at 6.05 today for Red Sox baseball. Sox game two of three in the nation's capital against the Nationals. And nice 5-4 win yesterday. Joining us now, our Sox insider over at Ness and Tom Karen. TC, how are you? Doing well, Brady. How are you doing? I'm doing well as well. So last week I had declared the Red Sox dead. They may not be dead. They did exactly what you said, take care of some bad teams here, and they've won a bunch of games they're supposed to win. But we could admit, this is stressful living, this scoreboard-watching lifestyle. You're watching Toronto. You're watching Seattle. You're dependent on what other teams are doing. That's tough. Yeah, but that that's a playoff race, and that's what everybody wanted, I thought. And now that's, you know, I keep hearing, well, you know, they got, well, listen, they're three games out with 43 to go. Uh, they are in this thing. Uh, we'll see if they can continue. I said last week, right, their only chance, like you said, after that uh, ugly weekend uh, loss being swept by Toronto, we all thought the season was over. I said their only way out of that is win the next three series, go 7-3, and three, right? So they are 6-2 and two with two games remaining in that stretch. As long as you split these final two or win both in Washington, you have at least stabilized and put yourself in a position that the last 40 games will matter. You got the Yankees coming next week. They're a bad team now. There's no no sugarcoating that. So you should take care of that weekend as well. And then it sets up the gauntlet, right? Ten games against the Astros and Dodgers. Uh, Ten consecutive games. You go Houston, L.A., Houston. That is going to tell you everything about whether we should take this team for real. You know, there's a lot of different things I want to ask about, but I just want to talk to you about the idea of team speed first because we've talked a lot about – athleticism or lack thereof in the past couple of years and the desire to get more athletic. We saw it on display yesterday, what speed can do for a team. I want to say it was the fourth inning when the Sox came back after the Pavetta kind of meltdown in the third, they get the single from Duran. They get the double from Reyes where they both go second to third. Then you get Reyes scoring on the wild pitch. Speed just creates a different element for this team, TC. It absolutely does. And it is, uh, as a team, I think as good a base, well, no, it's not as good a base running team as we've seen in a while. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, But it is as fast. Uh, Duran is elite. We've talked a lot about that. Uh, But, but boy, Reyes has has speed. Wong is one of the fastest catchers uh, as far as sprint speed goes in all of baseball. So, and you've got some guys here who Trevor Story's always been. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a guy who who has speed in his in his toolbox. What they've got to learn now is how to be smart and fast. Because uh, that, you know, you, you talk about getting Reyes and Durant over in second and third. You end up with bases loaded and nobody out. And I don't know what Reese McGuire was thinking uh, when he tried to go to second base. Because uh, that's, you know, and again, uh, he's a guy that, that we're still getting on for trying to come home with his finger up in the air. <laughs> in that Saturday game yeah. against Toronto. Uh, but, but you know, Alex Cora was still steamed about it after the game. You can see the quote. I mean, it's a, you know, th- there's no excuse for that. And he's right. There's no excuse for, for running into outs like that. And the Red Sox have done that far too much. You know, I, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment because I thought this could be the case about Christian Arroyo. So I don't want to, you know, I want to allow myself to, to not be so excited about this. But is Pablo Reyes built to last? Like, is he built to be sustainable or is he just a a nice story who's having a, what will end up being a career year. Well, he's good defensively and that's why they wanted to get him. Uh, but man, he can hit right now. He's on a roll, you know, last night on a night where, where what Dever story and Turner were all hitless. Uh, you win that game because it was, it was, you know, you got the home run uh, from Verdugo, but other than that, it was, you know, Casas. It was, it was McGuire with a hit. It was Reyes with a couple of hits at the bottom of the order. 
that was contributing. And I, you know, I think he's got a place on a team. I, I'm not sure he's your everyday second baseman. Uh, they obviously went out and got Arias with the hope that he could be that. Uh, but maybe it's Reyes. Maybe Reyes is the second baseman of the future because he's been fun to watch so far. You know, I almost didn't recognize the Red Sox yesterday. It was weird to actually see them in their own uniforms. I know, and I, I get a little caught up in the, you know, uh, the, the 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 sort of what is yellow? Who cares what they're wearing? I mean, it's the, you know, it's the it's the third uniform, and we've every other sport has an alternate uniform. I think we get so caught up in baseball and tradition uh, that we can't just enjoy the moment. Sometimes I, I don't want them to be yellow all year. They're the Red Sox. But you know what? If you got a little mojo going and you feel a little good on them, uh, why not keep wearing them? I, I, you know, you can wear them on the road as long as they don't look too much like the other team's uniform. But uh, I don't think we've seen a road game in yellow no. yet, right? No, we have I not think, seen that. Yeah, in the history of it, we haven't seen it. So, I, you know, whatever. I, I love that, <clears throat> you know, Cora was using it as a sort of change the vibe, change the mood. He did that. A couple of years ago, you remember when things got really yep. bad with uh, there was that stretch in 21 at the end of August into September, where I think they had 12 positive COVID cases in 11 days or something like that. Right. That was yep. they, he came out of Tampa Bay and got Bogarts off the field because his test had yep. come positive in the third inning. And it was a really bad time. They came home. They wore the yellow. They suddenly got fired. They wore them against the Yankees in the wild card game and away they went. So what you you know. Break the glass in case of emergency, but let's not make, you know, let's not have 81 home games in yellow. <laughs> let's mix it up a little bit. Trevor Story had the three doubles on Sunday. One of them was kind of defensively aided by the Tigers, but regardless, three doubles in the stat sheet. And yesterday, he had the really nice play where I want to say he went dove and threw it from a knee to first. He did the same thing against Kansas City last week. Story looks a lot better than he did this time a week ago when we were speaking. This is the Trevor story that I think Red Sox fans didn't forget about. They didn't know they had. I mean, we've never, you know, we never, we haven't seen him at shortstop until this year. And, and, you know, this guy won two silver sluggers, the best hitting shortstop in the National League. Uh, and, and we talked about his speed already, and he is exceptional defensively. And you really realize how bad the shortstop play has been for most of this year. Uh, and and what a difference he makes getting to every ball he should and every game getting to one or two he shouldn't uh, and making it out. So uh, it, it's you know that that's why I'm I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I really don't. But I think they're going to be around and fun to watch here over the last forty games because having Trevor Story at shortstop and having him healthy and and play like this is as good an addition as any team certainly got at the trade deadline. He's an exceptional player, and I think he's just. So relaxed right now, finally being able to show what he can do uh, for the first time at shortstop of the Red Sox. Where do you think we're at with Verdugo? The you know we've talked about going into the final year of his contract next year. We've talked about the idea they could trade him anyways. You'd seen him dropped in the order. He shows up late. Now he's hitting leadoff homers, providing some pop. Cora has raved about his defense kind of universally throughout the year. Verdugo is an interesting kind of case study. Yeah, he really is. And and if, if you had him under control for a few years, you weren't thinking about the contract, it'd be a no-brainer. Here's a young player that built. But he's getting to the point now where he's no longer that young. And again, the money's going to matter. Are you going to invest that kind of money? Uh, they're going to have to if they want to keep him. And if they don't do it before next year, I, I, we'll see how he handles it, right? And some guys, you, you sort of, you know, let them go get hungry and play for the contract. We've seen the mercurial up and down uh, career of Alex Verdugo, and I'm not sure what a contract weighing over his head will do, if, if that's good or bad. Uh, so, listen, I was just looking at the like, MLB pipeline. Drop the Red Sox 
minor league system in their rankings. I think it's at 16 now. It had been up to 11 uh, at one point. And, and they start the whole thing with, you know, they are as thin in the pitching department as any farm system in Major League Baseball. We know that. You know, Shane Drohan, that's about it at the AAA level for a guy you might think about. Now, they the guys are getting healthy at the Major League level, and they've patched together that rotation again. But I, my point being, you need pitching. And Alex Verdugo could probably help you get a pitcher. Uh, and so that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's not about Alex Verdugo. That's just about what this team needs in the offseason. Let's talk about Chris Sale. Came back on Friday night. Looked pretty good. I want to say it was seven strikeouts through four-plus innings or so. Really looked good. Good velocity, 96-97. We saw the changeup. We saw the slider on full display. I, I know we're kind of always walking on eggshells about him, but if we see this version of Chris Sale, there's another reason to be excited here for the second half of the season, the last month and a half. Yeah, I tweeted this out on Friday before the game, and I didn't realize it until I looked it up. It was the second time ever that Chris Sale and Trevor Story started a game together for the Red Sox. Wow. You know, and that that's $47.5 million in payroll this year alone, right? That's, I think, within $9 million of the entire Oakland A's, uh, those two guys. And you've had them on the field once this year together, once last year. And the game last year that – Trevor Story started behind Chris Sale on the mound was the was the game he got hit in the hand and missed the next six and a half weeks and and Story was never the same. So, you know that these two guys you can talk all you want about we we've been saying this for years right well they're gonna get this guy back they're gonna get this guy back and 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 Garrett Whitlock's back and look good two innings Tanner Houck is on the horizon but we're talking Chris Sale and Trevor Story here we're talking about two of the elite guys in the game when they were healthy and they haven't been healthy in a while. If they could stay healthy here for six and a half weeks, uh, that's that's I mean that's stabilizing. That stabilizes the rotation. Uh, I, you know, Sale's going to get stretched out and be able to go longer. He didn't go that long the other day, only because he's still working his way. You know, he rushed his way back, which is great. They need him here, uh, and he'll go a little longer each time. And I love what Story's doing. So that to me, those two guys are the biggest reasons for optimism right now. Lastly, on Whitlock, his contract is much greater if he's a starter. I get that he probably wants to be a starter solely from a financial purpose, but as a reliever, he does look pretty darn good, TC. And I've been in the starter camp for a long time with Whitlock, but as a reliever, it's it's you got to be swayed by what he does out there. Yeah, and it kind of feels now like they've given him the chance. I mean, it doesn't mean they won't again in spring training. You know, I, I know – I can predict right now that they're going to come into camp and say he's getting stretched out here in spring. We'll see how it goes because it's always easier to ramp a guy down. They seem to do that with everybody every year. But it does feel like they've sort of given him the shot. And if he finishes this year pitching well in relief, I love him in that two, three inning role, right? One time through the order. Uh, what he can do to, to give you a, a couple of innings and, and really give a lot of the bullpen a rest, right? Because he was able to do that Sunday. You had everybody last night. Right, and that bullpen looked really good with Schreiber and Winkowski, Martin, and then Jansen uh, was dominant again. So I, I I agree with you now. I I was a Whitlock's a starter guy, uh, but I think whether it's just to protect his arm or whether it's to protect your bullpen, uh, and especially if you do go out and get a starting pitcher this offseason, which I think they'll have to, I'd give Tanner Houck the, the the starting rotation. It sounds like he will get that when he comes back, and and I would keep Whitlock right where he is right now. Tom Karen, Red Sox insider over at Nesson TC. Talk to you in seven days. See where the standings are at then. Yeah, well, we'll be in the middle of the Houston series at that point. So uh, we will see how it goes. You know, last night, like you said, it was a it was a good playoff uh, scoreboard watching night. You know, the 
the the Blue Jays were tied. They were down one nothing. Came back and won. The, the Mariners seemed to be running away with it, and then decided to give up a quick five runs uh, to make it interesting. But this, if you're a baseball fan, if you've been missing the angst of a playoff, right? Well, this is it now. Buy into it because listen, two weeks from now, might they might be out of it. Who knows? But you know, I was just doing the math, and I just posted this a little while ago that. Last year, every team with at least 87 wins made the playoffs in both leagues. If you put the AL and NL together, 86 got it done in the American League. It took 87 in the National League. And it might take a little more than that this year. I get it. That, that changes year to year, right? But for them to get to 87 wins, they need to go 43 and nine, uh, 23 and 19 the rest of the way, or 24, 24 and 19 over the last 43. That's exactly their record going back to June 22nd. So we're not saying they need to play better. We're saying they just need to play the way they have played over the last six weeks. And to me, there's no reason they can't do that. So even against good competition, because we know they've been pretty good against good teams. Uh, so there's a daunting road trip. You know, it ends in Houston. You go through New York, and whether they're bad or not, uh, we know the Yankees love to stick into the Red Sox. So this next week, you're right, it's going to be a lot of fun. TC Red Sox have the third most difficult schedule remaining. Seattle has the fifth easiest remaining. Toronto, the 10th easiest remaining. I said this on the air at the time. You go back and, and find it if you want, because I they the, the biggest loss of the year in a lot of ways. You can look at you Toronto last weekend. Those were ugly losses, yada, yada. But the last game in Seattle. Right, they were winning. Was it three nothing? Whatever they were winning. Oh yes, it was three nothing. Like, I remember it well. Looked like they were cruising, and they gave it away. And that I said as soon as we came on the air, that was the costliest loss of the year, because if you win that, you had the head-to-head record against Seattle. You'd have been four and two, and that meant you only had to tie them. Now they're three and three. They lost that advantage, and it's it's crazy to me that this is the tiebreaker. The next tiebreaker, even though they're in different divisions is your record within the division. And, you know, they have – Seattle has like seven games with Oakland left. So that's six wins. Uh, and they're going to win that tiebreaker easily. So that one will hurt you. Toronto, you've already won the season series. So all you got to do is catch Toronto to win – get the tie the tiebreaker there and go to the playoff. But Seattle, you're going to have to finish one game ahead. So when you look at it now, you're a game behind Seattle, you're effectively two games behind Seattle. Well, you know, the Mariners have so little in life. Might as well give us the tiebreaker. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> you got to have something, TC. You can have the but three the good, titles. We'll take the tiebreaker in the yeah. 2000s. Well, the, the good thing there, though, is you said they, the Red Sox have, what you said, the third toughest record? By third schedule? toughest. Seven, That's... seven against Baltimore, three against the Dodgers, three against Texas, five against Tampa, seven, seven against with Houston, three yeah. in Toronto. Yeah. The, uh, but the good thing is they've they've played really well. They're they're twenty two and eighteen against those teams you just listed. I looked it up the other day. Okay. So they've had a winning record against most of those teams. Now again, that, and that includes what are they one and seven against Tampa? You know that they're even with that record they're twenty two and eighteen. So they're twenty one and eleven against every other team on that list. Mm. Right, seven and three against the Blue Jays. They're five and one against the Yankees. Um, you know, they've, they've played their best against good teams. Uh, again, Yankees aren't a good team, so you can take them out. That's fine. But it's, you know, they've, they've played well generally when we've said they got no chance, right? It's when they go and get swept by St. Louis, so there was two out of three to Colorado. That's been the frustrating part of this team. So I'd much rather have them playing good teams. TC, talk to you next week. Thank you, Brady. Appreciate it.